you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker, one story at a time. I'm Calvin. I have seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Wyatt. I've seen a lot of Star Wars, including this week, the first three episodes of Andor. My name is Andy. I've seen an adequate amount of Star Wars. And I almost said Starbucks, not going to lie. <laughs> I got to lie. Someone's like, I've you seen have an seen an adequate amount of Starbucks yeah. as You've well. You've seen way too Far much Starbucks. Far too much. But I, wa- well, I didn't watch Andor, but I did watch Rebels. Also, uh, before we get uh, a get on to Rebels, I saw on the Twitter today that it is the anniversary of the premiere of the Clone Wars series. Hey! On Cartoon hey. Network, it was... As of recording on October 3rd, 2022. Yes. It uh, was 14 years ago today. And this is not like the movie premiere, right? This is No, the, this was this Ambush. Ambush, yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I rem- I got up... Uh, I watched it the day after I watched it on October 4th. I got up, watched some cereal, and uh, went down to turn on the DVR because it was still past my bedtime. You, you got up and watched ago. some cereal? No, I watched some Star Wars. I ate the cereal. That's, yeah. It's 14 years ago. Let's see how much of our listenership is below. Well, 28% of our listenership, according to Anchor, is um between the ages of zero and 17 so i assume that probably around 20 15 of our litter those are around 14 maybe happy birthday yeah um. so some, <laughs> some people we can assume that some people who listen to our podcast are younger than the clone Wars series excellent we're corrupting the youth horrifying awesome um anyway this week on first steps of star wars podcast we watched rebels Season 1, Episodes 13, 14, and 15, Call to Action, Rebel Resolve, and Fire Across the Galaxy. But first, we need to assign someone a D&D character class. Yes, we do. Um, also, I want to I wanna name, I want to, I wanna, so last week we actually came up with some Star Wars names, and then we had our listeners send us some. I really like Lorette Ben. I thought that this was a very good one. The problem is that Ben Kenobi exists. Yeah, but so that's like that's disqualified. such a that's such a '90s Star Wars Legends book name. Like that's that's what makes me think of Loret. You said Loret Ben. Yeah, that's. I that's, really liked that one. That was the one that I was like, yeah, I definitely, yeah. Loret Ben had some over convoluted backstory in a '90s novel that we all have secondhand copies of now. Yeah. Sitting at the thrift store, but yes, D and D class, D and D class. We who do we want to do? I'm well, like, let's do Vizago. <laughs> Wait, no, <laughs> we haven't done Hera yet. We haven't done no, Vizago we haven't yet. done all of the we haven't done all of the main BBs. Let's... Yeah, we did. We did Ezra. We did Zeb. We did Sabine. With we did sort Kanan. of a, we did Kanan. we're gonna revisit. Yeah, so Hera is uh, and Chopper, I guess. Hera is the only one of the main crew. I don't. 
Chopper defies classification. Yeah. Chopper is like the NPC that you end up bringing along with you, like the pet that you get. Yeah. Like, Chopper is that the DM's D&D favorite uh, campaign that we had where I insisted yeah. on getting a cat. Getting a cat. Where yeah. there was like that little girl who was covered in cats. Yeah. And you were like, I'm taking one. <laughs> You're like, one of these cats is mine. Um, yeah, so that's what okay. Chopper is. Uh, not really D&D class, but definitely a D&D staple. Yeah. Or like, you know, the member of your party that the DM kind of plays, you know? Yeah. yeah, in in our campaign, that was a uh, like a a celestial who mm-hmm. my partner played with. I think I'm going to make a bold statement might be the world's worst ever Russian accent. Just a terrible Russian accent. You're just and, putting them on blast right now. Damn. But like, Damn. but like, do they it, listen to your podcast? Or are you absolutely get, are they not get mad at you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's so true. Yeah. I do have at least one IRL friend who listens to every podcast. But uh and I Courtney. one of my, we love yeah, you, Courtney. One of Shout my uh, I've met you. One of my childhood friends, like uh who I met in kindergarten, messaged me when the podcast was first starting. I was like, yo, this is really cool. Um, I don't know if she still listens, but it was nice. Oh, cute. Well, shout that out to nice. that um childhood friend of Wyatt's. So does anyway. That, does that count? Are we just saying chopper? Chopper's the dog. Yeah, I mean, like, Chopper's you know, the friend. The... I mean, Although, some. I mean, do we want to do hair or Vizago? I mean, Dave Filoni always says if R 2s the jo- the family dog, Chopper is the family cat. Oh yes, I think because I he's evil. That's yeah. the joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and the, we we saw some very evil, chaotic moments of Chopper this episode. I don't. Yeah, know. the first the first great Chopper moment, I'd argue. Yeah. I like can't I have to wait to do Hera I have to like this is one I, yeah. I can't just like walk into I really have to prepare for Hera's yeah, there's, Hera's a, there's an the episode one... in season two of Rebels that we can do Hera in Hera's the one that I like didn't can't immediately think of oh. what her class would be I think I agree with you we'd have to do some thinking home. she's like too vital <laughs> um but yeah yeehaw let's talk about the episodes we started with what call to action yes this week on not far than that um yeah so rebels season one episode 13 call to action I, after uh, the disaster oh go on no Wyatt. it's all good i forgot about your recap go yeah i have to do the recap <laughs> in um, season one episode 13 of uh, uh, uh star wars rebels the ghost crew um having proved effective in their strikes against the Empire, win the attention of a powerful new enemy in Governor Tarkin, who comes to Lethal and is like, Grr, I'm going to help you stop these rebels. And he's like, weirdly um What's the word? Not You haven't said it yet, so we don't know. Cynical about the idea of there being a Jedi in the rebels ranks, because he doesn't you know, he's like, the Jedi are dead. Hi, this is Calvin in editing. The word I was going for was skeptical. I just could not think of it in the moment. But the word I was going for was skeptical. But so the ghost crew decides that they're going to hack into an Imperial Communications Tower and send out a big broadcast in the same way that Ezra's parents were, in the same way that Gal Travis was pretending to do. So they do this 
But unfortunately, Kanan ends up in the hands of the Empire at the end, and the Imperials blow up their own communications tower to prevent the signal from continuing to be broadcast. This is, I described it to my partner when we were watching it in our Rebels, or their Rebels watch for the first time, my Rebels rewatch, as this is the shit's going down episode. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. When Tarkin yep. shows up, that is a thing. Because he's like, there, there's that moment later on when he's interviewing the um, nameless Imperial captain. And he's like, so what What went wrong here? And the guy's like, oh, well, I don't think anything went wrong. And then Tarkin's like, well, if some, if something had not gone wrong, then we wouldn't be having this, just, this discussion. Yep. I remember watching this because uh, I had gotten back on actually watching Rebels as it came out uh, on broadcast television. And this was one where I remember sitting up in my chair when the opening of the episode happened and Tarkin walk off the ship. He's a great character to go. Oh, it's this asshole again. Every time he appears. What a I, what a hateable man. I get like sick to my stomach when I see him. <laughs> I am like no, no. I'm like, Ezra's gonna fucking die or something. Like, I see Tarkin and I'm like, I'm gonna fucking piss myself. This is so scary. Um, I love that he just comes yeah. in the beginning scene and insults everyone there to greet him. Like, he yeah. he takes he takes the piss out of Callus, Minister Tua, and the and the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, and then and then I mean shit went down. Like shit really went down in this episode. This it's it was definitely like one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know how they're going to get out of this. Like I I It's a great reminder of how like the Empire when when the full might of the Empire is brought to bear, they're not messing around. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like the thing is is like up until this point, the rebels were just kind of like whatever whatever well the like, rebels not really an alliance yet yes and no, that's the thing they're five guys in a starship like they they didn't rate higher than those two imperial like bumbling idiots because they weren't causing enough trouble but it, then they did and so those guys are dead yeah. now <laughs> and well that's the thing it's like up until now like they've just been like fucking around on lethal for the most part it's like whatever yep. like who cares about some like five loser rebels on this like planet kansas yeah like who fucking cares but as the rebels and i'm assuming like obviously i don't know but i'm assuming that there's probably like intense rebel activity in other areas and therefore that means that they're going to start they need to crack down on all rebel activity because it's like actually becoming a threat this is i i is not a spoiler but as per the clone wars and bad batch you know that if saw Gerrera is alive he's yep. shit stirring right now yep yeah yep. that no that and that was exactly what i thought is i was like i would bet money that saw Gerrera just blew something up or something <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they're like well <laughs> well and and they are realizing that this i think they because we see that they've been in communication with some shadowy network, mm-hmm. and now we know who, who will discuss Fulcrum. who it was. Yeah, Fulcrum. But they've clocked that this isn't just some people playing at Robin Hood, that they are working for a greater goal, and that that goal could be expanded off Lethal. And so Tarkin shows up at the right time because they are doing that. This is an escalation on the part of the rebels in this episode. And I honestly feel like that this is what makes to me Hera so vital is like Hera is the reason they are rebels is the reason why they are more than just some 
you know, shit stirs on Lethal. And and I think it's why it's hard to define her as like a D&D class because I'm like, she is so fucking important and she's so vital. Like she's I, the arrow <laughs> that points them in the right direction. Yeah. That I'm like, I literally don't know what <laughs> like yeah. how she could even be classified. Because she's picked out her crew. She's handpicked her crew yes, to be yes. people who have not only good skills that the rebellion can use, but like people who like do want to actively hurt the Empire. Well, and this is my favorite mistake that the Empire makes is that this whole trilogy of episodes, they believe they've captured the rebels leader. Yep. Yep. And, and and instead we have that. I was just like when Hera is sort of absentmindedly says about Kanan, like he he doesn't know anything. And I was like, himbo king, we yeah. stand. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 a it's a good payoff to the uh, mediocre Hera and Sabine episode where Hera's like, I can't tell you anything because eventually we're going to end up in this bad situation and you need to survive it. Yeah. And you can only survive it if you actually don't know what they're trying to ask. And then here we are where they don't know anything. And that's the thing is like Hera's the literally only one who knows. And that's just so fucking cool. Like these episodes were so terrifying and yet so so like rewarding to watch oh yeah um, this is the good shit we've i'm a huge fan of rebel season one in general i think it's great but this i would say is where rebels like really kicks it into high gear they figured out what they're doing and they're they're just doing it uh the action sequence at the tower is is very is suspenseful like it's 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 good yeah yeah, and well, the, like, are they going to catch Kanan? Like, that was so, and then they did? Yeah, because oh Kanan God. starts saying ominous shit where you've seen enough movies, you go, ah, he said he's going to be he's... right behind him. He said the bad words. He doesn't know he's on television. But, and then it it's sort of like a, it's not a bait and switch, but they are playing with your expectations to be like, oh, of course, they're we're heavily implying they're going to capture Kanan. And then it seems like they're all going to get away, and then they don't. Mm-hmm. And then they don't. Horrifying. Yeah. Also, I think this is probably my favorite Tarkin moment ever, is his, you don't know how to win a war, but I do, line to yeah. Kanan. Like, that's how you know that, like, the Rebels are not on Tarkin's level yet. Like, they win at the end of season one, but it takes a lot of effort, and they're not, they're not, close to toppling anything yeah and i think that this is actually what like this is their first brush with like serious serious shit not necessarily kanan and Hera, um but like the group as a whole i would say this is probably their first like big thing and i think that this i'm really excited to see what season two will hold because it's like you can they're they are all going to walk away from the situation changed um, and with a entirely new perspective as to what they are doing as rebels. Yeah, that's been my favorite part. Uh, a, a feeling you cannot experience, Andy, because you have never seen the show. But I know where every single one of these characters ends up at the end of Star Wars Rebels. And it is very fun to go back to the beginning and see where they started. And see the moments that, you know, go on to pay off so much later oh, yeah. at the end of season four. Uh, okay. Uh, Calvin, uh, I almost called you Kanan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about that. Kaya and I just watched a particularly infamous, uh, quote, filler episode in season two that ends up paying off. I'm sure you know the one. Um, 
He's like, I don't. In the in the finale, in what comes back in the finale? Double agent droid. No. Text you losers. Oh, oh, oh! Right. Yes. The the. Yep. Creatures. Yep. I just uh, I I rebels got a lot of shit for not everything being about the plot, but everything's about the plot, and also everything is about the plot. Even the fucking even fucking the one that we've just been vaguely mentioning. Even but also flight. Even the crash tie fighter. The crash crash tie fighter. That is yeah, fight or flight. Yes. Also, the best comedy in. Uh, this whole season is everyone thinking Sabine's art is shit and she's like this is great you guys just don't understand beauty is in the eye of the beholder because it is shit <laughs> no the, t- the TIE fighter reveal you know, I remember there were matters is so Sabine many people likes it she likes doing yeah. it she gets fulfillment of doing it no matter if it's quote unquote good but there were so many frustrated nerds who were so anti fight or flight who were so annoyed when the TIE fighter came back and was vital to great episodes at the end of the season. Yep. Um, I will say, not to, like, because it's clearly a three-parter. They hit us with the to-be-continued. Rebel Resolve feels like the weakest, but it's very much just the middle of a story. Yeah. Um, I I, uh, yeah. I don't want to skip anything and call to, call to action, but it, it is, like... It's so action packed that there isn't a whole lot that like we miss in the in the in the quieter moments. Although I will point out Ezra's getting better at connecting with uh, the cats, which was a really good moment of character growth when they uh, when they get uh, caught by the probe. Yes. Yeah. Do we 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 can move on to because yeah. I feel like we're gonna end up talking about everything sort of more. I mean, as, as why it said rebel um yeah. called action is just like a lot of action. So like. There's a they lot did, of they did tell us to talk about. But. They did, they did tell us it was going to happen, so yeah. it's not like we got duped. Yeah, and it's—I um, mean, it's great action. It's—it's it's still up there. I think for me is one of the best, like suspense, and it, it captivates me every time I watch it, just as an episode of television. Yeah, I Adam, always. Grand Inquisitor in particular gives a really good performance in this episode. Yep, this is um, some of my favorite Jason Isaac's voice work as him. Yeah, specifically in call to action. Yep. Uh, as opposed to some also really good voice work in Fire Across the Galaxy, but we will get to that. Rebel Resolve. Um, Kanan's getting interrogated by Tarkin and the and the Grand Inquisitor, uh, and eventually gets uh, um, transferred to Mustafar. Meanwhile, Ezra, Sabine, and Zed make a deal with Visago to get information about how they can get Kanan out of there against Hera's orders because Hera and Fulcrum are like, ah, if you go in, it's too much of a risk because now you guys are kind of high priority for both the Empire to capture and for the Rebellion to keep safe because I mean, like, now we're getting to the discussion, but like, you know, this is the first moment when the Rebels, like, have a face, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Because they've just transmitted their message across the, at least the local like, outer rim area which is where the empire is cracking down the hardest i want to say that message was beautiful i loved that that was so good it's i think taylor talking about good voice acting it's taylor gray's first like genuinely great performance as ezra i was like tiktok audio like fucking supreme uh (laughs) yeah it was great i love it sorry great great parallel as well to the message we see at the very beginning of spark of rebellion 
with the holocron obi-wan message exactly. also just like to point out it is am radio basically that starts to save the galaxy so point my job <laughs> yeah although nice. it is i mean in real life you also can cut me off from the radio by knocking over our transmission tower true that hey that's you know tarkin has a good idea and you know i guess he's gonna cripple his own things but you know he is willing to do what it takes for a war also just character moment for ezra you know he's doing the exact same thing his parents did and even though he faced doubts about you know doing being a public face against the rebellion and that's what got his parents captured you know he is still willing to do it he is still he still understands this risk so you know character growth i think it is so amazing that i mean this entire season rebels has really hammered the fact that like Every small action is important, especially just talking about it, just just talking about it. And I think that that's something that like really resonates today and all of these issues that are going on and. Censorship is huge, I feel like, and I don't know, it just resonates a lot with me that like speaking out even if it seems like it's not helpful, like it inspires. Yeah, di- I will say that like the Disney era of Star Wars, I feel like has not been as overtly political as the George Lucas era of Star Wars, mostly because George was a wild boy and would name 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 villains after current Republican yep. politicians, <laughs> yep. which again, yeah. I got to respect the audacity. I but, mean, but they're Rebels, still doing the same oh, amount yeah. of work, just so, so much more subtly yeah, and, and much Rebels, more within the subtext. But Rebels especially, out of all of the pieces of media, I feel like, Rebels may be in The Last Jedi, but has the strongest Andor revolutionary. Two. Yes, Andor 2. I know, but Andor is going on. We haven't talked about it yet. Those, the, the, this first, we will talk about this next time, but like, you know, this first arc of Andor has been pretty Yep. It's going to be a, it's definitely going to be a continuation of this very discussion. Yeah. But I really like Rebels sort of ethics and themes with regards to you have to stand up for people. Sometimes you have to shoot Nazis and like it's it's not a this is not a compromise show. These people are fighting for themselves and their friends. And the show tells you over and over that that's what's right to do. Hera is wrong in Rebel Resolve. She should go after Kanan because she loves him. And that's what's important to Rebels. And that's why they're going to win. Yeah, I don't know. It's just very cool. And I think it it's. It is making it so that rebels i don't know it's it's more than just a silly kids show it is showing us that like doing this is a virtue that it is like good and true and i don't know i mean i think it resonates a lot with me right now just because of like what is happening in iran right now with um masa amini's murder and the internet being shut down and because of the protesting happening there um but, like, this isn't something that happens in a galaxy far, far away. Like, this is something that happens in real life. And not, like, in the past, like, now, today. Yeah, that's sort of part of the fun bit about modern Star Wars is it, it isn't, it ties itself look-wise to how they did in the 70s sometimes with, yeah. like, everything looking like a VHS. But it does, like, address issues that have been raised since then that are relevant to modern folks. Um, that is actually something I way in the future that I will talk about when we get to the sequels um, and how that reflects somewhat unintentionally what happened to the real world. But 
it's very it's good to see. I, I it's it's always been part of Star Wars, even when it was a silly little space movie in 1977. It's always been part of the inspiration and the overall story. And that's I mean, Rebels, I feel like is is such a it fits so well into Star Wars. Like I genuinely can't imagine Star Wars without Rebels anymore. Like it, it just it gets it. Absolutely. And and I mean, and really then, just, but yeah, also yeah. in Rebel Resolve, Chopper kills a droid basically by throwing him off the ship. And that's what makes yeah, Star Wars great, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like 10 out of 10, actually. That my partner was so shocked. They were just like. He didn't murder. It. Yeah, because I and I was just giggling. It wasn't next murder because the droid did get up and walk away. Yes, he is one with the Lothcats now. He attempted murder. <laughs> It's uh, I again, like I said at the beginning, I think it's the first great chopper moment. Like it's just pure shock humor and it, it, yeah. it gets it it got everyone. Um, I also like that we we finally see Sabine like effectively paint chopper for his spy mission because he was just smeared in grease last like earlier in the season. Which I thought was very funny. Um, a dirty boy. Yeah, no, I, I also like that we the I'm a huge fan of stories dealing with the consequences of characters actions in the storytelling. It's why I'm a Stranger Things season two apologist. I love that the entirety of this episode is basically Tarkin fucked the entire imperial communication system and it's screwing up things for the Empire worse. Like it, it ends up worse than if they just let the message broadcast. Mm -hmm. So despite his boast to Kanan, it, it's, it's a new type of enemy that the Empire is facing. They're clever. like They're, they're clever, and they'll do whatever that they could do to save their friends. I, did, I also like the, again, the ominous foreshadowing of Ezra giving uh, Visago like, a favor. <gasps> I know. Wait, wait, did we do the summary of this episode? Yeah. I thought you did, Kanan. Uh, yeah, I called you Kanan again. I did. I'm I mean, very I kind tired. Of did. Maybe I did you. I, I don't. We talked about remember. the interrogation, but I mean, yeah. Ezra reveals himself and Kanan as Jedi to Visago, and he changes them a, a favor for information on how to get the information onto where Kanan is being held. And Hera is angry. Oh yeah, great mom moment. <sighs> I I like Visago a lot. I love characters like this who aren't. He's not necessarily a bad guy, but he's not a good guy either. He's just sort of like, I'm going to do what is best for me. He still discount like Hondo, but he is way better in this episode. Yeah, I, I like him. I, I like they they are doing kind of what they did with Hondo early where they they do make him generally like he can be intimidating. He mm -hmm. does represent a threat. He's not just like a comedic, just jester underworld guy. You know that the as the favor he asked is a bad thing and will bite Ezra in the ass. Um, hopefully he doesn't have to do murder for it. But uh, I like that he's a good character to have to make the world feel more inhabited, more alive, especially in like an animated show where they have limited budget for characters. Uh, having characters like Visago is very good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how that turns out. I'm really excited to see like what the favor is. I also like so the very end of the episode is Hera's Mustafar is where Jedi go to die, which is a great cliffhanger line. 
But so this was before, obviously before Kenobi. This yeah. is the first depiction of the Inquisitor. Uh, before Jedi Fallen Order, establishing the Fortress Inquisitorius. Before Vader was established as like living on Mustafar. So it was such a fun new twist to be like, oh, Mustafar is still like a, a bad place even because it was before that it was just the planet where Obi-Wan and Anakin dueled. And I love the decision to make it so tied into the Imperial era and the dark side of it all. So it was I I, I think it it's that cliffhanger works yeah. even better now because you know what's Might on Mustafar. Have yes. been established in comics at this point that nope. uh, listeners who have no. This is also pre uh, a certain movie. Well, no, I mean, like the I'm first talking about time. like maybe like the Vader run of comics in nope. 2015. Nope. Vader 2015 was uh, set after A New Hope and was with Afra. Like well, they well, were doing stuff. Well, well, yeah, but like they I haven't read them for a minute. Um, But like, you know, if Vader was just at Mustafar and it was like Vader's castle, Mustafar. No, ooh, and Vader's castle. There. Vader's. I do not believe so. I believe Vader's castle debuted first in a film okay i could be wrong but i I know that was the first major one uh i remember being shocked in the theater i remember being shocked in the theater but i I could be a dumbass but now now we know obviously from canon stuff that vader lives there so we know who she's talking about whether it's vader or the inquisitors like that it is where jedi go to die and then they put him in amber like jurassic park it's uh I, i i think it's two great cliffhangers in a row um uh, which is fun because even though Clone Wars did cliffhangers, they always just did the wrap up. So it was it was always a kind of felt like a neat ending, even if we were in the middle of a four part arc. And Rebels has several times hit us with the like, boom, one, two punch of a cliffhanger, even in season one. And I I enjoy a good uh, like because we did genuinely have to wait the week to see what was going to happen. And that's something I do like. And I like that. uh I like that the binge era, while it's not dead, is no longer like a requirement for every show to drop its whole season at once. It's fun waiting a little bit for a story that's structured for TV. Making you wait is good, I think. Like waiting during like getting um, the Siege of Mandalore, like fed fed us a little bit at a time. That was wild. Especially because it was quarantine and there was nothing for us to do but even even stranger things the most one of the more famous binge shows did a two-parter and like kept its hype for a month because they didn't release the end of the thing and and like got real buzz about everything in it for a lot of the summer because of its release schedule and rebels i remember being a really fun weekly show to consume not just by watching it on tv but with the star wars fandom because it was on at a certain time, it was on at a way more reasonable hour than these midnight Disney Plus drops, and everybody would watch it. And also, WandaVision had that too. Yes, WandaVision. Like I mean, that's like one of the defining things that, like, is made what made it really good was like yes. the weekly theorizing and shit, and getting on the internet and all the memes and stuff. And also, but like, it's true to the sh- to for WandaVision, it's true to the show because it's 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 <laughs> everything it is lovingly sending up was a weekly show like all those sitcoms and rebels is, is just sort of, it was made for TV. It's not as much of a loving homage to television, but it, it is using the heck out of its format. And I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> and then fire across the galaxy. 
Yeehaw! Across the galaxy, the ten out of ten. No notes. Break in, save Kanan. Quizzy dies, and Ahsoka shows up. Calling him Quizzy always feels wrong to me. We keep doing it on our social media, which is it is funny, but it's just like, no, that man's name is like he's got to be something more. The Grand he can, Inquisitor. He can have uh, the name that we were sent in, the Airmot or whatever from the beginning. He can have a random oh, Star yeah. Wars name. Well, isn't the whole point that he he as 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 I'm not going to say that actually that's a, a thing for a future. Yes, episode. we do know Inquisitors are former Jedi, so he had a name. He had a name at some point. But, Maybe his name was Bob. Like, we we don't know. But uh, one yeah. thing I just like to point out on the production side for uh, Fire Across the Galaxy is that every so often in Rebels they give Kevin Kiner the composer a full actual orchestra. Usually he records the music digitally with like synthesizers and stuff. And it's it it does sound a little fake like that. You can tell that it's not real trumpets, um, but he he has an orchestra for this. And the music is so sharp and good in this episode that it, it really accentuates the like. The finale of it all, this was a this was the end of a year of television it, and, and it was given that gravitas. Yeah, this shit was crazy, like, because they're rushing in. So first we got the painted TIE fighter, and then we're seeing Kanan be fucking tortured. And then everyone's busting in. They're like, bop, bop, bop. We're, we're breaking him out. And then fucking Ezra, I'm, I thought Ezra died. I was like, Ezra Bridger is gone. R.I.P. But then he wasn't. He was fine. Cannot um, believe you got got by that. I got got. Well, I was like, well, there's literally like fucking fucking Disney Plus has like the picture of them all together. So I know Sabine's hair gets better and I know Bugs that. the hell out of me. And I, I hate know, that that's there. Yeah. And I know yeah. that uh, uh, Ezra's hair gets worse. So I was like, I know he's not <laughs> dead. <laughs> I know he's not dead. But I was like, but like maybe. But also y'all were like, Quizzy's dead. No, he's not. Is he dead? He fell into fire. I was the, like, <laughs> it's so funny. Exploded. I was like, yeah. there's no way he's dead. <laughs> well, so usually in Star Wars, if you don't see a body, if you don't see a body, but the whole ship went down. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's true. I don't know. So if he didn't die in the flames that he suffocated. I'm or, just like, so Vader used found him to... and killed him afterward. It's not a bot. It's not a Star Wars thing. It is a all cartoons. I'm just like, if I don't see the dead body, then it is not dead. Okay. So I guess I'm just like. One thing I'll say just to try to convince you is that for Darksiders, we've seen it takes them that it's they're hard to kill. You, the dark side can keep you alive through like sheer rage, basically, yeah. in the case of Maul and Reva. But the Grand Inquisitor kills himself basically yeah he yeah it's like fuck it i'm he not talking i do not want to meet die. vader so i think that even though he very i agree with you he could have survived but he chooses not to interesting um, interesting he does also get his ass absolutely handed to him so it's yeah, kind of an embarrassing defeat yeah well but the fact that he like kills himself is what made me think he didn't die because i was like oh the fact that he's just like let go like he's fine but no, I see your point. I see your point. And like, obviously, you guys have seen the rest of Rebels. So yeah, I'm assuming but it's also he's um, dead, he's is dead. the Ezra death, quote unquote, fake out a callback to Phantom Menace. Like, did they fake that out with Obi-Wan falling in, in the duel with Maul? 
I don't no. think in such a, I, I think like uh, staging wise, yes. Yeah, this I, duel, this this duel a owes a lot to, to Phantom Menace. Yeah. But I think Obi-Wan is, is just like sort of pathetically knocked off and we immediately see him land. Okay. Whereas Ezra, and Ezra also takes damage. He is, he gets his uh, scars. But, um. Hee <laughs> hee. Yeah, no, this, I, I, so we didn't watch the shorts at the beginning. There's like four shorts oh, yeah. that are before the series. And the very beginning action scene with Sabine blowing up that TIE fighter landing yard is a callback to her short where she does the exact same thing. It's why the stormtroopers are like, shit, she's back. Um, oh. I do love the like flagrant unsubtlety of the smoke forming the rebel symbol when they fly the ship through it. I, I, it's, I mean, we, we started with Spark of Rebellion, an episode title, and we are now ending with Fire Across the Galaxy. The, uh, the subtlety is gone. No, no chance of it. Not in my Star Wars. It was just so good. It no, was yeah, just this, so good. This is a grin while watching it episode. Like, it's, it's real fun. And then Ahsoka's there. <laughs> yeah, Chopper calls the Rebel Fleet and the Rebel Fleet, the, the first ever formation of the Rebel Fleet, swoops in to save the Ghost Crew. And then they escape. Chopper is flying a different ship and someone else is flying the Ghost. Who is flying the Ghost? Guess who? It's Ahsoka Tano. In, I think, way long ago, I said that the uh, Siege of Mandalore Ahsoka design is my second favorite Ahsoka design. This is my favorite. She Ahsoka. looks so good. I still love Caesar Mandalore. But I, I still, just I like I mean she looks good now that she's older, yes, but I I yeah, I this was so big when it happened. Even though fans so fans figured this out, by the way. Um they pitched up Fulcrum's voice um yeah. from the holograms and it's like it just is Ashley. Well, also, one of the holograms is like the same like design that's on the Soka's forehead. Oh yes. So it's the, like the you logo know, that's a is symbol. But but like that could have been misdirection, but then it just genuinely was Ashley Eckstein doing the voice. Yeah. I think Dave Filoni learned his lesson. And if he ever does this again, he's going to have somebody else record the, the distorted voice. Well, yeah, but I feel like the having actually uh, having Ashley Eckstein come in and do the voice work was kind of necessary because like, of course, she would pitch up her own. Or of course, Ahsoka would pitch up her own voice for Rebels thing. Like, yeah, sure. No, it fans makes sense. can figure it out. But like, but also, but again, I just like I'm thinking about this as. It was it's not it like was, this rebellion has access to Reese feature. No, but it was Ahsoka lives was I remember the like big fan movement. And there was that celebration, this huge meetup with all these Ahsoka fans and Dave Filoni. And it was such a good like good vibes because Ahsoka we talked about was a character who uh, was the center of violent misogynistic hate for much of her original series run. By the end, she was pretty well regarded and the finale where she walks away from the jedi was really like well received but ahsoka's fandom only grew in the time that she was off the air and we didn't know what the disney era was going to be like we didn't know if any of the stuff that we'd been following would be referenced or anything if they were going to go like let's do all new stuff and so this was so cool and now like i feel like rebels exists as the culmination of a whole era of storytelling but this was there was nothing like it. This was it was the first foray into this uh, brand new era of storytelling. And it makes sense, though. Like, I, it, it felt right when it's revealed to be Ahsoka. It it does. 
there's just so it's just so good it's so good especially so the things that i like about it is one kanan and ahsoka can like understand each other because they were both sort of in a similar place of being like padawans they've met probably like yeah kanan knows who when 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 fulcrum is real to be ahsoka tano kanan has to go like oh shit you yeah. and Skywalker were always causing trouble and the Padawans were were gossiping about you forever. And it's just Ahsoka is such a like special person. I feel like she's so so like destined for greatness. It it almost yeah, she, makes me want she to She got be resurrected like, that one time. <laughs> yeah, it, it it honestly makes me want to be like Ahsoka's the actual chosen one because she just embodies so much of like the true light side, I guess. Like, like she is what... She wants to help people. She wants to be there and she connects with others. She has empathy. And, and it's so much so that she was able to see what was wrong with the Jedi. But unlike Barris, she was able to... Barris and, and Saw Guerrero would be friends. Two people yes. Who's, yes. who are right... Whose response is to blow up as many things as possible? Did yes, Barris die? Andy. Did Barris die? Have we already no, talked about this? No, unconfirmed. I want Barris to come back so fucking badly. But anyway, at one, at one point, Dave Filoni cryptically said he had plans for her. That was about eight years ago. Dave Filoni, please bring her back. I want her back so badly. But Which, Andy, go on with with uh, about Ahsoka. She is honestly just so incredible, and and I'm so she like Barris. She saw the flaws in the Jedi and she was able to leave and, and her seeing the flaws of the Jedi did not like make her disillusioned with the light side of the force in general, you know, because I think like, that's the big thing is like Barris sees the issues with the Jedi and she's like, the Jedi are bad. And so is the light side of the force. And she just goes straight up fucking Sith on these bitches. Whereas like Ahsoka is able to see that she's sort of existing in this, like, place in the middle almost where the night sisters exist on the the side of the dark side where like they use the dark side but i don't think the, but the the they are not like the sith where they are like hurting others um yeah the sith is definitely i mean i think i think that in universe the the idea of the force as a strict dichotomy of light and dark is not necessarily the truth. Yes. There is yes. no, there is like, it was how the universe worked for George Lucas, who loves a simple, like he, it's a fairy tale. It's kind of an allegory like that. It worked with the storytelling, but that's not how it works. Once you start really getting down to it, because you're right. Ventress at the end is not depicted as an evil character. The whole thing with, uh, the whole thing with her and Voss is written by Katie Lucas originally on the Clone Wars team. So like they were clearly open to those types of interpretations. I think you're dead on with Ahsoka's, you mentioning the chosen one made me think of something is that kind of not to go wordplay, but it's less that she's the chosen one. And it's more about that. She recognizes the value of her choices. Yes. Like she, cause that's what we talk about with Anakin, Mr. Bad choices who ruined his perfectly good life by making a, a, a real, a week's worth of epic bad decisions that fucked up his life. And Ahsoka, starting from when she leaves the Jedi, 
has followed her instincts to make the correct decision over and over again. And she's decided to help the rebels. She she is like she chooses what we were talking about earlier. She chooses to believe in the ethos of the show and to she could have gone into hiding, lived out her days as a hermit and been afraid of the Empire. She like has a lot of trauma. She has a lot of shit she could be dealing with. And instead, she decided to pour her energy into trying to make a better place for other people. One role within the Star Wars universe that I really think about when thinking about Ahsoka is um, the Jedi Wayseeker. And they kind of go a lot more into this in the High Republic, but like the Jedi Wayseeker is someone who is not, is a Jedi who is like not connected to the Order, but like decides to go and be in the galaxy and let the Force kind of guide their way to lead them to where they need to be at a certain point. And I definitely think that if by the time of the Clone Wars had happened, the Jedi hadn't kind of been more seriously frowning upon the concept of a way, of a way seeker. And also if, if the Clone Wars hadn't happened, then Ahsoka would have become one of these way seekers. But um, one of my favorite characters from the High Republic, Orla Jirini, is a way seeker. And Qui-Gon Jinn was someone who, according to Padawan, you've read Padawan, was connected or was interested in the concept of a way seeker. So, like, you know, there are these people who understand that, like, no, it's not the Jedi code. Yes, it is the Jedi code that we need to uphold, but, like, it's not the way that the Jedi go about it. And we need to find our own way and focus on what the Force is giving me the instincts to choose to do. If you yep. know what I'm saying. It's it's also a concept that has existed in Star Wars for a really long time under different names. Yeah. And it's been really cool each time. There were some old uh, Dark Horse comics set in the dark times where that really lent into the the idea of Jedi as hermits and like sort of people who would do good on a very micro level where it was not about lightsabers or force wielding. It was about what good they could do. And I really I agree with Calvin. This it's a it's definitely a concept of Star Wars that is not explored as much as it could be because it doesn't really lend itself to screen all that well sometimes especially when you your genre is space lasers shooty bang bang let's get a star wars choose your own adventure book about a jedi way seeker or like uh i mean i think tales of the jedi the the upcoming animated series of shorts should it succeed should go on forever they should never stop making these and they should use that to like tell these types of stories Tell tell the stories of a Jedi wayseeker. Tell the stories of a of a Jedi who was disillusioned and came back. Like this, don't let everything be just about the dogmatic mainstream. It's very cool. I love this episode. This ten out of ten. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's ten out of ten. Love the it. reveal and the reveal that obviously that Ahsoka is working with Bail Organa specifically because he he it's his ships. I um, love him. I would die for Bail Organa. That was, uh, and it's honestly like never. I'll never not be upset about the fact that he had a major role in Revenge of the Sith, and they fucking cut it. So I'm like, thank you, please, him, because him, I Padman, want more. Him, Padme, and Mon Mothma. Yeah, it's why it's funny in Revenge of the Sith when he shows up two thirds of the way through the movie and is a major character for the rest of the time. Yep, yep. And it's like, uh, hello, what are you doing? No, I, I love. I, Bill I fully expect Jimmy Smith as Bail Organa to show up in Andor. Agreed. Because yes! apparently, because apparently he's just down to do it, like down to clown always. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I don't. It probably was reported, but like, it wasn't. They could have done 
Andor, not Andor, Kenobi without without Jimmy Smith, if necessary. They could have had him be off planet. But I love that he was like, oh, sure, of course I'll do Star Wars. It's fun. Hang out with my friends. Yeah. It's great. It's um, great. No notes. Yeah. Every time he shows up. Yes. I also, uh, <laughs> as a furthering of uh, Calvin's devotion to the heterosexual ship, Kanan and Hera's reunion is very cute. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Oh, I love I love her face when she hears her voice that like that like little that's a really excellent like animation moment. They animated her expression just so well. Well, and that's something. So Clone Wars, when it started, pretty much had the environments down like they had they had figured out the style, how they wanted the environments to look and the people they had absolutely not. So there's very little emoting in early Clone Wars stuff for by the actual CGI faces and Rebels had it the other way. Rebels has incredibly expressive characters and took a while to figure out how to deal with the backgrounds. Um, and I really, Hera, especially with her incredibly wiggly Leku, always stands out to me. Um, also, uh, I do want to say that the final duel between Kanan and the Inquisitor, it's happened several times, really was a great culmination to their rivalry. Um, and me personally this i could point out the exact moment when i became like a rebels fan and it is when it's the exchange after kana thinks ezra's dead and the inquisitor is taunting him and says like uh you've got no one left to die for you and he says i've got no one left to fear turns on both sabers and the force theme kicks in, in the background i'm like fuck yeah oh <laughs> this, my god i was screaming yeah no i it like, was so good I did like a dorky Tiger Woods fist pump. I remember when I watched this the first time. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because the Jedi are always like, our attachments make us weak. No, no. Because our attachments, like, I think our attachments make us stronger. And the fact that, like, they I are think Rebels. I think other, Rebels agrees with you. Yes. And it's like, his love for Ezra is the reason why he was able to win that fucking fight. Um, and their love for Kanan yeah. is why they were able to pull this off. It's why Hera was wrong and and Ahsoka was wrong because Ahsoka, that I think is a really interesting aspect of Ahsoka that I, I would love like pre rebels fulcrum Ahsoka stories because her having to deal with her like real inherent goodness and desire to help people with her new job as CIA operative basically yeah. is, is such an interesting like because she's not really doing Jedi stuff. She's doing rebel stuff. And, and probably, I'm Ahsoka's instinct her, I mean, we've been talking about this, but this Ahsoka's instinct herself in that moment was probably to say, yes, go help Kanan. Yeah, I think I think she's sort of I read that in her even in her distorted voice in the transmission when she talks to uh, Hera about it. But they're like, no, you can't. And that's I mean, that's something that we'll get into a lot with like Rebel Command is like, you know, their decision to not do the thing because they need to stay secret yeah it, it's the knowledge that we can't win a straight fight but i love the leap though to be like but we might win today yeah in this episode and that that's such a we're gonna see this is like a the decision i mean really by chopper to go get help to be fuck it i'm saving my family um i do love though that the whole crew's like that little rat bastard abandoned us before he shows up with the cavalry um, but that decision and of Chopper to go get help of Ahsoka to be like, I'm scrambling the fleet. Let's go is is gonna it's a butterfly effect moment. 
And I'm so excited for the things that we'll be able to see to tie to this moment, to Ezra's transmission, to them destroying Tarkin's ship. Like, it's, I was kind of making fun of the episode title, but it's not wrong. It's, it's it's again, another episode title that tells us exactly what we're getting. Um, Also, Tarkin was great in this episode. Again, what a dickhead. No notes. Yeah. Yeah, this episode is an absolute slay. Uh, Darth Vader shows, shows up at the end also. Yeah, and of course. Yeah. we it, There must and be balance. And that was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. It well, was and it's, Ahsoka's it's, here, so so is Vader. And and we've been talking about, I mentioned before, that interview about they can't fight Vader. He cannot be a recurring villain because he will kill them. So we've seen the rebels escalate, and now the Empire has escalated basically as high as it can go. I, I and I'm super excited. I, I mentioned I wanted to mention this uh, when you said it, Andy, but I wanted to wait till we were towards the end of our podcast episode is that you were like excited about where the rebels were going because we've seen them slowly get like more and more bold and the and and the response by the Empire and the season two premiere is entirely about the consequences of this episode. Um, also, it's one of the Hell best. Yeah. Epi- it's, it's one of the best episodes of the series. Rebels, whenever it can do like a. Because it's 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 technically a two parter, but it's basically an hour long TV movie. Same way yeah. that Sparker Rebellion was made as one and split up into two. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time Rebels gets forty five minutes to tell a story, like they flex. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Well, unfortunately, it's it's gonna be a while until we get to uh, Rebels season two because we do yeah. have to cover Andor season one and the Bad Batch season two. We'll have. Uh, will be airing by that point, so we will be covering that as well. All right, then tell us, Calvin, what so, are we watching? So next time on First Steps Star Wars Podcast, we are going to meet Cassian Andor for the first time and watch Andor Season 1, Episodes 1, 2, and 3. Casa, that would be me, and Reckoning. And, so and also, this Andy, will be so a lot of a lot of the things you talked about in this episode about your reaction to Rebels are going to be relevant for what we're going to talk about in Andor. Calvin and I gambled correctly. These are perfect uh, things to to like pair off each other. Yeah. Yay. Yeehaw. Thank you, Tony woot, Gilroy, for woot, making woot. our podcast better. Yeah. Exciting. Join us next, next time, time when we we switch. We go from animated back to live action. Yay! But you know, we get some this is this is some good ass live action content. So Oh yeah. This uh I'm I again I was I was not sold on Andor in terms of like I just didn't know what the hell it was gonna be about, but it's good television. It's good tell it's good television. Good television. Yeah, I'm actually I think probably gonna watch the fourth episode today. Good. Tell me what you think, also. Yeah, I will. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. And that's, you know, lest, lest us, you know, wheedle on about it. Um, may the force be with you. Swag. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs>